welcome to the mad ones i'm your extremely good looking host cam harless and uh, i don't have a guest co-host today because two dudes that i would make my guest co-host are the the guests for this episode and you know i think that that's a worthwhile episode and i, I don't need anyone else do i do i uh, yeah i probably do uh but i'm very stoked about tonight's um topic and my guests because we're, we're going to go over a little bit of what we did last week but it's going to be a little deeper we're going to talk about uh spiritual warfare on the ground compare notes we're going to talk about demons and demonology all sorts of stuff uh and and how much more powerful jesus is than any of those little demon jerks um, but before we do that, I do want to remind you that this show is 100% brought to you by fans and patrons. Uh, so if it wasn't for you, this wouldn't be happening. I wouldn't be doing this. Um, but if you'd like to help this show along, if you'd like to help me out, you can go ahead and hit like, subscribe, and share the show with your friends. I've done, this is episode 165. There are hopefully at least 165 topics that we've gone over in some level of depth and detail. And there's someone out there that you know that needs to hear about one of them or needs to hear a perspective from one of them. So share that episode with your friends. Uh, th that's like the last little bit that we need to do before we get monetized on YouTube is just watch hours. So if you could share this, watch whole episodes, do go back into the, the YouTube archives and watch another one, please do so. It'll help a lot. Also, if you want to be like the man if you or the woman, if you want to be like my favorite people, you can go to patreon.com slash the mad ones. You can join our Patreon there. Um, there you will get extended episodes. So this episode will be an hour for most people. But if you're a patron or if you're a Rockfin subscriber to us, um, you will get an extended episode, which can go 30 minutes, an hour longer. Uh, depends on how good the conversation is. So hopefully these guests are interesting enough for, for like a long co conversation. We'll see. We'll see. But if you go to patreon.com slash mad ones, you can join that. Um, and also, if you would like to, you know, really rep the show in real life, you can go to wearethemadones.com slash store, pick up any of the shirts, and you'll be able to look like you're the biggest fan of some band called the mad ones that people will ask i've never heard them who are they and you'll go oh no 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 it's some uh, chubby bearded dude that talks on a microphone once a week and i just kind of like him a little bit so do that we're the mad ones.com slash store but beyond that that's all the pitches that's all the things i have to ask of you uh that's it so joining me today are two of my friends who are kind of demon experts in one way or another uh, we we talked to my the first guest that I'm going to bring on, uh, Scott Johnson, uh, a little over a year ago about his work in exorcisms, which is a, a dying art, it seems. You only typically see it on major motion pictures. Um, but we talked to him before, and we're going to go back into some of that again. Uh, but one of our listeners, uh, when our next guest, Izzy Centric, who is a demonologist and paranormal researcher, came on the show that I got a DM saying, Hey, what does Izzy think of Scott Johnson? I don't know if you know who that is. And I was like, I know who Scott Johnson is. He's my buddy. We, we, we became friends a year and a half ago. We're buddies. We don't talk enough, but we're buddies. And yeah, you know of him because of me. So yeah, why don't I just bring these two together, compare notes, talk about their work and what they do and get to it. So 
Joining me now is Scott Johnson, the exorcist from Ohio, and Izzy Centric, the demonologist and paranormal researcher who is in one of the Carolinas. I can't remember which, and I don't know if he wants to be more specific than that. Welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> What's up? What's going on? How, how have you been? It's like I, I what's so funny is when they that the person mentioned that to me, Scott, I was like, I feel like a bad friend because I haven't I don't think we've spoken much since then. And I'm like, I told him I wanted to. And that, what, am I a liar? I don't want to be a liar. So here you are. We're going to be friendlier again, I think. It's a two way um, yeah, street. So, my man. I, hey, you know, I respect that response. I do. Um, how are you doing since last week? Is me? Oh, yeah. Doing great, man. Looks like you got rid of the volume bar. Yeah, it was a setting in my camera I had to fiddle around with. <laughs> That's great. Last week, there was this this little the little artifact in the bottom of his screen that was showing how loudly he was speaking the whole time. And I was like, it's not bad. But, you know, it's, it's it was nice to see that his levels were good. Well, I mean, I've got a wobbly table, so. I can do that, too. But I also I have it set up. I have it set up in my thing so that like if I if my table wobbles, it tries to stabilize. So mine I definitely doesn't even show that much. So you know, iPhone. Yeah, th this is my stabilizer right here. If anything falls, I just go catch it. <laughs> so 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 let's. I, I'm not one of the things I wanted to bring up before we got into the main discussion is one of uh, my favorite listeners. Um, who goes by soldier of pacifism on Twitter sent a message uh, about last week's episode. I just wanted to, to read it and, and maybe use that as a jumping off point. Um, but he said, he said, thank you. Thank you, Cam. That was a really great episode. I appreciate you sharing it with me. Did I ever tell you about my demonic encounter when I was a kid? Um, I don't know if he wants me to share all this. I'm sorry if you don't, um, but it was the night I felt two of the most intense opposite feelings. My mother had lived in a haunted house when she was young. She never saw anything, but there was one room in particular that brought on strong feelings of fear. She said she was scared to sleep at night, and everyone in her family felt it. She taught me that ghosts are demons, and that if you call in the name of Jesus, they will flee, flee but she didn't know that as a child. Anyway, in primary school, I, I would have been 12 or 13, we went on a trip to Morton Island. It was quite fun tobogganing down sand dunes and exploring the island. Then students started to talk about seeing a ghost. I didn't know if they were making it up, but I told a friend of mine what my mother had told me. One night, I woke up, opened my eyes, and saw the face of a girl floating above me. The room felt cold, and there was an intense fear, not in reaction to what I saw, but in spite of it. While, I, while it was pressed into me, I immediately closed my eyes and started singing. It's kind of weird in hindsight, but I was singing about how Satan has been defeated at the cross and has no power over me. Obviously, I don't remember the specifics. The fear left and was replaced by peace and a feeling of love. I felt emotionally like God was hugging me. I got out of bed and went outside into the night. I wasn't afraid of the dark at all. It was insane. I know we encounter spiritual forces on a regular basis and can't see them. I actually think that for me, those are much more dangerous. I believe lies that I think are coming from me. They're crafty. One thing that has bothered me was the question of why it appeared to me. There were about three other people in the room who stayed asleep. I just don't know. So let's use that as a jumping off point. I want to know what you, I, 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 I'll get. I want to know, Scott, what, is, what are your thoughts of that story? What does that conjure up? Like the specific <laughs> question at the end there? 
Is that sure. I mean, you can start there or what, what you think of the whole situation. Just, I'm just using this as a, as a, as a diving board to dive into the conversation. I mean, from my experience, which is purely anecdotal, I'm not like a expert in anything. Um, <laughs> this seems pretty common, but some people are more susceptible to uh, the spiritual realm than uh, other people are. And yeah. um, I think that's kind of maybe what you have going on there. But I mean, there was knowing her mom said the house was haunted. You know, um, I kind of tend to agree with the mom that they're not ghosts, they're demons. Um, right. You know, because I think the scripture says the Bible um, appoints one uh, man to die once and then face the judgment. That's my terrible paraphrase. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's pretty common, you know, um, yeah. the methodology. Usually people that have these experiences find that if they, you know, do worship music or sing like a hymn or pray or, or things like that, they can be delivered because ultimately I think this is kind of how a demon tries to begin to attack somebody, right? Like they're trying to get yeah. a foothold. This person rejected that. So I think that's a good thing. Um, oh, yeah. This well, person and, may and, be a little more sensitive. Yeah. Um, I, I know that when um, <laughs> I know that when he probably came from really the extended portion of the episode last week that he listened to, because I talked about um, a an experience I had with um, a and Izzy talked about a couple experiences he had too, but I had an experience with, uh, you know, sleep paralysis that was very specific. I won't go into it all over again, but uh, it was very specific to me in my situation. And it wasn't just like some anonymous, bland, plain, demonic presence. It was like trying to threaten me or tell me that it had power. And I was just like, say in the name of Jesus. Name of Je- I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. So I think I think that's where that's that stemmed from that that him asking that. Um, but yeah, that's that's one of those. I think that there, and, and I'll go into this, and I want to hear Izzy's thoughts as well. But um, I think that when it comes to why some people see things, is honestly, I think that it, it, there's some sensitivity. But I also think that there are some people who have some sort of um, history or have a um, a strength where they know, like they noticing these songs, right? They know to to use the name of Jesus. They they have that uh, some foundation to combat this, and mm-hmm. the the Satan doesn't like that. You know, and I think that I think he likes to flex on people and or at least make them get, take them to the point where they think that he has power that he doesn't. Right. Absolutely. And so and I, I like I talked to Izzy. Izzy has a little different take on on ghosts, I think, than than I would. But we're, we're very similar. I think that we're just talking. I think our splitting of hairs is like the, our theories of time. So it gets very deep. Um, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, I think I think one of one of the things that happened with my story was they that was the enemy trying to impress upon me his power and i was like you tried (laughs) but what do you think about that izzy i know you had a chance to read that earlier uh i thought it was fascinating and uh, a lot of the a lot of that uh resonated with me especially the sleep paralysis i didn't have sleep paralysis uh per se for me at any point but i know my wife did 
um, and she would commonly astral project when she was still a practicing witch. And um, I, I didn't know about you, the witch part. You didn't tell me the witch part. You just I told not? me that she astral. Yeah, she was uh, she was Wiccan when we first met. Nice. And um, the last time the, I Sarcastic. shared with you that last what's that? Sarcastic nice is what oh. I just I said. Nice. It was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that last time that um, she had astral projected that I shared with you last week. Yeah. She was a Christian at that point. Right. And that was when the demon was actually like on her. She could see her unconscious body and it was on her trying to find a way in. Right. She said it was doing something. And she it was the first time she actually rebuked something evil in the name of Jesus. And she was a little bit like taken back by how quickly it fled. But yeah. It's 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 so it's incredible to me how many people have these situations. I remember when I was a kid, like I would have told you, I mean, I don't know what it was now. Like, I mean, it may have been what I thought it was when I was a kid. Um, but I, I would, I swore up and down when I was a kid that I'd seen an angel and it was, it, I was, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you, it's a very small story. I was a kid. I don't have a lot of very specific memories of it, but it was, I was sitting in, I was laying down in bed and it was, a, it, it was thundering and lightning and I was terrified. I'm pretty sure I was in my mom's bed. And um, I was scared of the thunder and lightning. It's a kid, you know. And I was—I I, I remember I started praying, um, which I should also may, remind me in the after show to tell you about my my first um, crisis of faith that I ever had, because that one I think is I, that's part of my testimony, and like I have to tell that story in order to tell my testimony. But let's—we'll do that uh, in the after show. Um, but. I remember I was laying in bed and I prayed and I was like, God, I'm scared. And then I looked up and there was just this being of pure light standing there for like maybe 20 seconds. And I felt calm. I felt okay. And I went to sleep. And that was the whole thing. And I, I, I would have told you, like right now, I don't know what that was. I mean, it, it could have been. But like as, as a kid, I was like, that was an angel. And I think, I, I don't know. I, I've not thought about that in probably 20 years. So there's there's a, a memory scraping from the bottom of my memory barrel for you guys. <laughs> so so um, I know that, that there's, both of y'all are in the kind of demonologist, uh, you, you know, Scott does exorcisms, you do paranormal research, and you've you've dealt with demonology, Izzy but you both come from very different backgrounds, which I think is really kind of one of the more interesting things about this conversation. Because um, when I, 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 Scott, he was in, correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, you You're learned, wrong. thank you. Um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, you learned the um, ins and outs of exorcism by studying under an Orthodox priest who was once Catholic. Am I remembering that correctly? Correct. So, so a lot of your experience has to do within that realm that people have seen in Hollywood movies. Mm -hmm. Whereas Izzy, I mean, he did the paranormal research thing, but a lot of his demonology and things like that are along the lines of Michael Heiser's Deuteronomy 32 worldview and the powers and stuff like that. So it's a little bit of a different look at two different looks at the same thing. And so I'm like, let's, talk about that let's talk about the differences i want to see where the agreements are the disagreements i want to see all of it so let's compare notes dudes he's trying go to ahead, bait us into a fight bro no no actually i'll go ahead and say I'm that, uh, I'm, orth I'm i'm orthodox leaning myself 
Uh, I'm not a part of the Orthodox Church because I do have a few hangups, but um, theologically speaking, <clears throat> I would consider myself like 90% of the way there, maybe 88%. Mm-hmm. Uh, real, but yeah, I lean very heavy that direction. So, um, and by the way, uh, Cam, Zach does too. When he introduced me to the Orthodox Church, it was very fascinating to me because there were a lot of things that I was looking for that I wasn't finding in the evangelical church. And some of the disdain that I had, some, some of the problems I, major hangups, I should say, rather, um, right. with the, just the evangelical model, um, I was That's never right. able to put my finger on it. But when Zach was able to break things down for me and say, people go to seminary, they learn these things, and they don't talk about them. <laughs> and I was just like, we should be talking about church history. Yeah, well, and that's and that's one of the time. things that's like I don't I don't know if the the world knows this right now, but I this week Monday I started my master's degree with Zach, same ma- same masters we're going for in apologetics and cosmogony. So we're nice. for me it's it, I, it's going to be a stepping stone I believe into like ancient Semitic languages and, or something I don't know yet I'll figure that out as I go, um, but. That is that is one of those things that like I, I know I've sat in church services and I've been like, why are you not talking about these things that I learned first year in not even seminary, a Christian college? Like, why, why are we going miss, skipping over certain things? What's the deal with this? Um, but what's funny about that is he is he did learn in that way. But he uh, Scott, you are uh, Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's non-denominational. So, yeah. I mean, it's in the okay. evangelical world. Right. So, well, that's what's I'm funny is because I'm like a, just an, a nomad. Like Izzy, I have some hangups on on orthodoxy. I have hangups on like almost every denomination, if I'm being honest. Uh, I'm just Me kind too. of a nomad trying to search for the truth and try to find Jesus in the word and in uh, tradition as long as it doesn't, you know, not some traditions just don't make any daggum sense. And I'm just right. not going to agree with those. <laughs> Right, <laughs> because I mean, some of those traditions come from this one dude uh, that I, I'm not a huge fan of. That I got in a big old fight with a bunch of Catholics on Twitter about the other day. Um, you have a shirt about him, uh, is he? Huh? I said you have a shirt yeah, about the guy I argued with Catholics about the other day. Oh, <laughs> you know, this? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah that guy. You know, I made yeah. this. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, Ooh, this is called cancel Augustine. <laughs> Issues with 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 uh, with Augustine. I absolutely have them. I want to do Big an episode time. about that because I just want. I to also have Catholic. issues with Augustine. Is, are you saying Augustine? Yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. Just, that's the, I'm just yeah. from West Virginia, so I'm like Augustine. Well, yeah, that's how I said it, and then you know. Then you go to Bible to college. Like, you're like Augustine. Well, that's the thing. You you start talking to people who are in that world, and you're just like, I don't want to sound dumb. I am, I dumb, but I don't want to sound it, so I'll just say Augustine. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, where do we start? Where, where do what? Because you watched some of Izzy's videos, and you mm-hmm. said he's very different than you. Could you elaborate on some of those differences that you've seen that you you may want to know more about, or even if you want to go, hey, I don't, I don't know if I understand or agree with this necessarily let's let's hit it and try to find understanding well yeah i I just did a cursory watching because i'm like well i should probably listen to this guy that i'm gonna you know talk to for an hour plus tonight um 
first off, <laughs> I like the content. Um, and I wouldn't say we're very far off on most things. Um, the one particular one that got my attention was, you know, the angels are not, or demons are not fallen angels, um, which I'm not opposed to that idea. Very different. Um, I'm pretty much not opposed to a whole lot. Um, and I'm always willing to listen, but it, it was just an interesting video and I, I really appreciate how you handled it. And I think you did really good. And I think you have really good stuff to support it. Um, we've, oh, we've, we've, we've talked about it a little bit here and there. Do we want to just go into that full on? Izzy, do you want to go into your, your, show. your thoughts on that? Uh, we you, totally can. Well, I have a very nervous dog. If you guys can give me just a moment because he keeps using no my door. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Not today, Satan. <laughs> this, I should have named a cat Satan. Don't That's do that because Egyptian mythology would not be a good friend to you. What did I just name it? Seth. Like Seth the cat. <laughs> he's actually a um, he's a reservation rescue. Uh, he was oh. rejected by a couple homes, so he's very tense. Uh, very protective okay. for his size. So hmm. uh, here's here's the, the basic idea of this. Um, which is, you know, the the kind of Enochian from the Book of Enoch view of demons is not that they are fallen angels because there's this this kind of story that people have grasped onto from I want to say just one verse in Revelation. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong. It's Revelation twelve um, that talks about how uh, you know I saw uh, a third of the heavens stars fell from the heavens and so people take that and think that oh well all the demons that came down are a third of the angels that were in heaven and that is the kind of prevailing view of what a demon is is it's a fallen angel it's a it's an angel who rebelled against god and went down with the satan um when he fell from heaven right mm -hmm. um, yeah. whereas the the view from enoch um is so that it's a it's a very immersive view because you have to you have to look at the uh, Deuteronomy 32 worldview. You have to look at the sons of God and have some understanding of of who they were, and then you have to know what Nephilim are because the overall concept is that. And I, I know I'm taking I'm trying to do as much groundwork so you can you can fill in the spaces, Lizzie. Um, the idea is that once the Nephilim died in the flood, when they died afterwards after the conquest of uh, canaan by the israelites which is very fascinating by the way like i could talk about some of those areas. um but the idea is that due to them being half spirit creature spirit creation spirit being and half human that when they died that spiritual essence of theirs continued on and they're trying to possess and get back into a physical being is that the understanding is he i heard that last part good <laughs> So, at the very beginning and the very last part. So, um, let, let me here. I'll, I'll start from here. I'll start from here. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> My dog is so nervous right now. Maybe I this conversation. Eat. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, Scott, have you found that animals respond to demonic possession? Yeah, they, they respond to, to a lot of spiritual things often before people do. 
figured I'd throw that out there since his dog's all nervous. <laughs> anyway, so the reason that I see a fundamental difference, and um, if you watch the video, uh, and this is for anyone that uh, is watching this now, if you watch my uh, Fallen Angels Are Not Demons video, it was just showing that there is a fundamental difference between the two. That being that, and I, I say this in my sequel video as well, which I don't know if you saw it, but it's essentially saying that I don't believe that demons ever had light to begin with because they were essentially, they were created as an abomination. So they're like the ugliest sucker you could imagine. <laughs> they're this parasitic thing that it couldn't, it couldn't encase itself as an angel of light, even if it wanted to. Um, it, cause it just, it never had light to begin with. It's the distorted face of man were God's imagers. Therefore it's the distorted face of God. So theologically speaking, it would make more sense why demons carry around an awful smell to them, why they hunt in packs the way they do, the way they, they link onto people, um, and just how overall vile they are. Whereas with the Deuteronomy 32 worldview, taking that into consideration, it it we it helped me when studying that these other divine beings although they still have their light it's a false light it's not a real light but they can encase themselves like archangel michael if they wanted to they can look just as beautiful because they are that beautiful they they were made with light they were made with with all the characteristics they would have now they wouldn't lose the characteristics but their motives have changed if that makes sense so here's a here's a question so in the in the orthodox uh concept of um uh theosis or deification in some sense of humanity in relation to being close to god look at moses after he spoke to god on mount sinai and brought the uh, the law down to the people and all of that he shone like the sun like like his, his skin was like bronze you see that same imagery in revelation when you hear talk about hear talk about jesus his face shone like the sun uh, it was like bronze this is a common thing do you think and and sorry to derail this we'll get to the point but do you think that those um watchers those sons of god have lost because moses shining face went away over time do you think that these creatures have lost any of their shininess over time as being away from God and away from his presence or no? Um, maybe a little dim. Okay. I would imagine because um, I'm trying to remember in the gospel specifically, it's not part of my notes, but this reminds me that where Jesus says, if your eye is, um, if your eye is dark, how, how great is that darkness? But it's referring to like, it's, it's talking, it's where darkness and light for the first time in the gospels, almost like darkness can actually shine in the way that uh, it, it talks about it. And so I think that that's where the false light idea comes from more or less. Maybe, maybe to us, it, it wouldn't be, you know, a big deal because it's going to look more beautiful than we are. Right. Um, so for the most part, no, I think that it can, it's pretty much what it was to begin with. I think that um, that is going to be part of the great deception. I think that it will be very easy to take 
the American church the way it is and these beautiful beings that are very, very antichrist will come down and then say all sorts of garbage and then start pulling away a lot of people. I could see that happening very quickly because of this idea that we have, well, they must all look a certain way. And that's, I just don't see that as the case, especially when you look at the aliens, you have those bug-eyed aliens, and then you have the other types of aliens that look a lot more human. Right. And yeah, that, that is another thing that we both kind of agree on is that aliens are uh, uh, watchers. They're demonic. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the greater sense. That's fast. Um, but overall, I would say demonic in nature, like all this is demonic in nature. It's just like, how do they present themselves? Like, and so, and that's where I see there are varying degrees to it because of that, uh, because of that discrepancy between a fallen angel and demon overall, I say the best thing to do, and this is where me as a paranormal investigator, it's kind of like a real life detective. They assume everyone's a suspect. I do the same thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so it's interesting. Like, can I say something about the, the yeah. Moses face glowing thing? Because Paul actually connects it in a very different way to a spiritual warfare. Uh, he he yeah. says that to this day, when the law is read, it puts a veil over people's face, enabling the you know, Satan to deceive and blind the world. Uh, so right. not that the law was bad in his argument, but, um, you know, I kind of take that, that idea of his veiled face and the glow that he had a little bit different than that. But I mean, that's, you guys have a really cool viewpoint. I've honestly never heard that. So cool beans. Oh, yeah. I learned, I learned to be something yeah, today. Cool. I've never heard of that before either. Oh, cool. <laughs> That's either really good or really bad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it, it is really it is really interesting because you and I'll just go in this a little bit further because you see, like I said, you see in when um, uh, Moses speaks with God, he comes down the mountain shining, shining his we, we become more like him in his presence. I mean, like, like I said, you see in in uh, uh, Revelation when it, it talks about God, it talks about how his, his face shone like the full sun. You know, this this shining is something that it was passed to Moses temporarily when he was in mm -hmm. God's presence. And you see the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah, whether it's a vision or it was a reality that they, they were there, uh, depending on who you're talking to. Um regardless you look and you see that they are transfigured and in a kind of glorified state so what are we going to look like we're going to take over right. the sons of god's place we're going to shine amen yeah. <laughs> interesting another thought that that you brought up izzy um is it that you know they have like this light or i would actually call it an anti-light but i think we're saying the same thing uh, when i've actually oh, yeah. seen <clears throat> certain times in when I have actually visibly seen a demon, um, it's a black Let's... that is, is so dark that it stands out brighter than black, but it's blacker than black. And that makes no sense until you have, have you... actually seen such a thing. Have you seen Vanta black, the paint? Yeah. You it's like the this? darkest thing on the earth. Yeah. It's, so it's like the blackest black. It's black to the point where it, it essentially absorbs all light around it instead yeah. of reflecting it back. And so when you're oh, saying wow. that, I'm, I'm visualizing the Vanta black. It, it is kind of like it, Vanta black. I mean, because it's like you would take a circle of Vanta black and put it, you know, in the corner of a dark room and you would still see that circle. But it's somehow darker than the dark room in which it's in. So 
so let's this is a good place to go i think um because sometimes i just need the conversation to lead to like the good points i want to i want to talk about um so you both have had uh between paranormal research and exorcism by the way have you had any exorcisms since we last spoke scott had anything like that happen you know oh thank god i well i've had some minor ones but not an actual major one thank god i i pray every day that i never have one ever again (laughs) quite honestly Um, but but i've had some close calls i i definitely want to hear more about that uh but um let let me just ask so let's let's you say you've seen demons talk to us about this about seeing one because i think we talked about some other things and kind of some smells and let's let i want you i would like to hear both of you talk about your experiences in that realm if you have them because mine are very different they're very much pointed at me rather than other people and i'm not i I, i'm doing the fighting for my for my well me and jesus jesus is doing the fighting but you know i'm doing Mm -hmm. the fighting for myself in that moment but what is it what is so tell me a story of when you saw a demon and let's start with izzy When, when you've seen a demon or felt the presence of a demon what you experienced izzy had a couple, um, nothing. So the times that I should say the one time is it was only one time I've ever seen a demon. It was up against a tree. It kind of looked like, uh, something in a demon night, which is one of my favorite movies, but it, it had these little yellow eyes and it was almost like smiling and it was up against the tree as if it was like camouflaging itself. That was when I was like eight, 19 years old. I fell to my knees immediately because we were we were seeking this stuff out because we were idiots. But um, that was the time I actually saw it, but didn't feel it. And the times I didn't see it, I felt it. So if I watch ghost hunting shows, which I like watching because I like to see the technology, I like to see how they capture different evidence. And sometimes you'll actually catch where they believe they saw angels. There was a time when a guy actually was praying in a in a room, and his te- his tech was still on. And this big tall figure appeared over him and it had its hand on its shoulder and you saw this other thing start to crawl away it was the weirdest thing but um yeah most of the time i can't watch ghost hunting shows because whatever's on the screen makes me very uncomfortable um and i end up having to turn it off so it's interesting you bring up the 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 fact like whenever you see one you typically don't feel one or whenever you feel one you typically don't see one but also i would anytime i've ever seen one it's not like i'm full on staring at it like you it's a it's like a glimpse like enough to know what's there it's not like i'm full on looking at like this crazy thing for an extended period of time but it's enough that i know it's there but also the feelings that go along with it um you know let me delve into the wizarding world of harry potter um but i mean the idea of the dementors from harry potter you know how if you're familiar with that um like they suck all the joy and color and goodness out of anything kind of like the vantablack it's like that kind of effect the air goes cold there could be rotten smells there could be uh, smoke there could be temperature wild temperature fluctuations um spikes in electromagnetic frequency there could be tactile touches you know physical apparitions i mean the whole gamut runs in and it depends on each entity and what its you know powers are or what it's supposedly trying to accomplish in that realm but you know it's 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 not like 
I stand in, I, I, you know, I, I, like I'm staring at a demon all the time, you know, it's, it's, it's when I have seen them, it's been the couple times, it's been a very quick glimpse, um, but yeah, usually it's more the feelings. Say what? Okay. Is it like the, the corner of your eye type thing? Yeah. Cause I probably, if I stared at it straight on, I'd bolt out of there and be like, see you guys. <laughs> you <know? laughs> this was fun. Nice to, nice to meet Run you. <laughs> um, okay. So, um, the feelings, cause let, let, I, 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 I want to know what feelings you feel. Cause you said that there, there may be fluctuations in temperature. Um, mm -hmm. Oh wait, before I do that, uh, Izzy had mentioned that when it came to demons, there wasn't light. It wasn't the uh, what you would assume a, an angel is. It didn't. It didn't come with light. It was always kind of dark, perverse, disgusting. Certain smells, things like that. Have you ever run into a demonic presence that was anything but that? That was light or deceptive in that way, or was it always the darkness? Well. I mean, by the time I'm, if I get called on the scene, it's the dark. I mean, I think it appears as the light to get a foothold um, or to deceive. Um, that's at least my experience. I'm not saying that's always the case, but, um, you know, um, it's, it's just one of those things. Like, I think that's a deception tactic, but anytime I've been around, it's not light and happy. It's until the, the phase of liberation, liberation, um, in the rite of exorcism, does the mood go positive if it's a legitimate demonic possession, which is extremely rare in the first place? Yeah. I mean, it'd have to be, right? Certainly right. it's rare. <laughs> yes. Please, God, let it be rare. So, so, yeah. so walk, me, walk me through the, what it feels like, because, you know, we talked about Vanta Black, which I'm so glad I, I happen to know that paint color, because it's, it's kind of a, I'm assuming a perfect kind of easily digestible it's like a black hole represented in paint. Yeah. It's wild. Hmm. Um, but uh, what are the feelings? And I, I want to know if if they're the same that Izzy has has picked up. Um, I get a lot of uh, anxiety. Like I'm an, I have generalized anxiety disorder and depression, so that makes me very low functioning on the susceptibility <laughs> to spiritual <laughs> attack scale. Um, there like you go. Tonight. Even tonight before this uh broadcast or anytime i do something like this i have like a horrendous battle with my anxiety um that's you know, why i'm here to, to to try to make you as comfortable as yeah. possible well it just makes it? me happy to look at you and your delightful <laughs> beard uh, thank you but, you know depression i mean numbness um going in and out of almost a disassociation of consciousness if you don't pay attention to what you're doing um you know um, there's all kinds of things that can happen i mean you're dealing with something that is more powerful than you but is so much less powerful than jesus christ um and that's why you have to go into it with him in the front right um yeah. because I, you'll get eaten for lunch man um demons will like when jesus says the thief comes to steal kill and destroy it's not a cutesy little figurative saying and that's that's the goal kill you um and that's yeah. what demons tend to want to do or at least maim or separate or pull you away from god so um you know, there's a gamut of feelings. I mean, you can go through anger, you go through extreme depression, you can go through, you know, I, 
I've heard of people, I haven't experienced this myself, but like, you know how like uh, the movie Inception or like Doctor Strange, like how everything flips around and reality is just absolute nuts. So people can go into those states um, while investigating or performing an exorcism or anything. I mean, because you're de dealing with something that's way beyond and above your intelligence um, and psychology and something that's ancient and old and the blackest, foulest evil that has ever existed. I mean... That, that's what it comes down to. The feelings is like a soul-sucking darkness. Is there any, like, tactile feelings as well that are normal? I mean, you, you mentioned, uh, we've all mentioned smell. Is it, is it raw fish? Is it, is it sulfur? What, 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 it, what are the smells? It, rotting flesh is my experience. Sulfur has been one. Uh, regular smoke has been one. Uh, maybe if it's a historical site, something that's associated with that. Um, like, a coal mine um, or like a farm may, may have different odors that accompany it, but it's always the, not the pleasant ones. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, it's not like, it's not like, <laughs> Oh, it's a, a breath of roses. You know, it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up inside out. Um, you know, that kind of stuff, but there can be tactile. I mean, there can be, you can get, I've seen people have stuff scratched into their skin right in front of me. I've seen people lift it up. I've seen people levitate in trance. Um, I've seen bones snapped out of joint, you know? Um, and so it's, it's just one of those things. There's, there's like literally the sky can unfortunately be the limit in the experiences in which you can experience the demonic, in which they can mess with your head. Right. How about you, Izzy? Is that, is, is that track? Like what, what are your experiences in that way? Um, you have to be my... watching sh shows. Yeah. So my experience as far as feeling, <clears throat> which is most of it, um, because personal encounters with demons has been very minor and it's been, I like to call them level one demons because they do really, really tiny things mm -hmm. that are more like on the oppression side. Yeah. But yeah. as far as what I feel, it's like, first of all, I'm <clears throat> my psychiatrist has me between bipolar and BPD. So I have different types of swings. I have long swings and short swings. And it, run, it tends to run in my family. I'm just the first to go to a doctor and say, open me up like a guinea pig. I don't care. I just want to find out. Like, uh, from, from the flesh standpoint, I want to figure out where my head's at. And um, so when I am, it's almost like my spirit sees what's going on, but I can't. So nothing, nothing is manifesting in front of me, but I start feeling like my skin is crawling like i'm so uncomfortable and i don't know why but i need to get away from it mm. and I, I like i literally i start like feeling like it's icky like it's stuck on me like there's this black goo almost kind of feeling and it's kind of like when you shake hands with someone that's kind of gross or they say something that's disgusting and you almost feel like it's on you <laughs> mm -hmm. it's almost like that it's like but but it's intensified and it can even push me into a swing if I'm not careful. Mm -hmm. um, my, my flesh will go straight into another mood swing and then I'm irritable and all that crap that comes with that. So yeah, um, it's not fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's not I can fun. imagine. Like, you know, I've, I've told, I, I think I may have told Scott this, my story before. I know I told you, Aziz, and I told it on the show, so I won't go too deeply into it before. But my, a lot of my experiences when it's come to, uh, demonic presences and things. Um, there was the obviously the the paralysis thing, which 
was winning, even though it was a very, it's a very sad story. Um, but beyond that, like there was one with my ex, my ex-girlfriend and it's like the, most of the times I've had something like that happen. It's been at a prompt by a prompting of the Holy spirit to start praying for someone mm -hmm. there or not. And some sort of victory through Jesus. That's, that's been my common thing is like, I don't, I haven't had like direct, um, issues with demons near me in that way, but I have had battles in such a way that victory is just always there. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Like the, the fact that I, I've never had a time I can, there's never been a story. I've been like, Oh, well, you know, uh, Jesus wasn't strong enough to make it go away. I can't, I can't tell you that story because it doesn't Amen. exist for me. <laughs> Amen. Um, uh, so yeah. Sir, Sir Tim, can I say I something to the, the, the goo yeah. comment that he made? Um, I missed I the goo comment. So he talks about how like it feels like oh, a goo that sticks to right. you. Um, I have a, a friend who's also an exorcist out in um, Las Vegas, and he oh, is a, he, there. he is fascinating. He's one of the coolest guys in the world, and I frequent his podcast and uh, know him very well. And um, his wife got cancer, if I remember right, because the black goo that issued forth from a demonic entity hit her. Um, and she got this extremely rare form of cancer from that. And that's what pulled wow. him back to God. Um, also, I've also heard from my fellow colleagues, I have not seen this myself, that what people will typically call hellhounds, that manifestation of a demonic, that they crap that black stuff. And it's basically like an acidic, you know, goo that sticks and can literally physically harm you. Um, you know, I don't know if it's like a Dilophosaurus from Jurassic Park or whatever. Thank God. I, I mean, good Lord. I don't, I hope I never, ever have to deal with the black goo, but I just wanted to throw that in there because I think it feels that way because there's evidence from a lot of people that that exists in it's a physical way, but, but well, most and, people and feel it in a, in a, in a, in a feeling way, not an actual physical. Right. Well, that actually, oh, sorry, Cam. No, I was just going to say, and that's, uh, that's super interesting to me because that's the feeling I get. Like, like Izzy said, when you're around someone who's has a darkness on them, but also after I sin, mm -hmm. I feel that goo. Mm -hmm. If that makes, I, I have that feeling of, I need to wash this off of me. I, you know, I, so I, I understand it in that sense, but go ahead, Izzy. Well, it just made me think, you know, when I was deep in the ghost hunting stuff, um, there was this theory about ectoplasm mm -hmm. and it's demon poop. <laughs> if most, if most paranormal encounters are actually the demonic rather than ghosts, which I do consider ghosts an anomaly um, by God's providence, there is somebody that is there. Um, and there's basically a message being delivered in some way, shape or form, but it is a very rare thing. And they also can't really interact. The, the examples we get in the Bible are, if you want to get technical, you basically have two. And um, they, they don't do much. <laughs> they mostly stand there, which is what uh, some of these ghost sightings uh, have been. But if we are to assume that the demon to ghost ratio is like 10 to 1, we'll say, um, maybe this whole ectoplasm thing is actually not coming from a ghost. <laughs> but is actually the goo that we're describing right now is coming from the demonic. Mm -hmm. And that seems like it tracks. Yeah. And also Which, I should way, mention in... that 
same friend that his wife got that he got in an investigation he got spit on when he stuck his head up in an attic pursuing the entity um and he actually died um died mm. um and the paramedics brought him back to life um he went into full like cardiac arrest um wow. so i thank god i've never had an exorcism like that and i pray to god i never will but um you know and i mean holy smokes right like, yeah yikes oh um yeah uh so one of the things that sir tim uh or my good buddy sir tim a tunnel said on here is um you know you mentioned um generalized anxiety depression you mentioned mentioned uh, borderline and bipolar um and one of the things that's hard when you have these conversations is a lot of people will be like oh well i'm not going to listen to them anymore they just told me that they're crazy they have mental illnesses i shouldn't listen to them um by the yeah. way here's a fun thing if you go to the uh to a psychiatrist's uh, because you have anxiety based on like legitimately just a hard freaking life at the moment. And you're trying to figure out how you can kind of deal with these feelings. They will put you on seven drugs and make you a crazy person. Just yes. FYI, just, just so you know, um, <laughs> my, so, my psychiatrist is awesome. She always refers to me as the only patient she has. That's not crazy. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I have medical proof that I am not crazy. At least in that way. <laughs> well, what's what's funny is I went to, like I said, that's my story. I went to a psychiatrist. I was like, I'll try this out because I was having some anxiety. Like I had a hard, I had a lot of hard stuff going on. And I was, when money, that money would come up, I would have a panic. I'd go into a panic. Mm -hmm. And it was because of very real issues that were in front of me. And I was like, maybe I'll talk to him, be able to work through some coping mechanisms to deal with this. Cause I, you know, I have to deal with this sort of thing in life. And the dude put me on sertraline, which is Zoloft for Zoloft. depression. I didn't say that I had. Um, and then he it's put me on right. And so yeah, he but he he marked me as a depressive. Um, and then he and so, so that was for that. And then he gave me some other stuff, boost par or something for anxiety. Yeah. And then he 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 was like, and you're, you're definitely ADHD. Um, and so here's some Vivance. And so I was on these drugs. I lost my damn It seems like counterintuitive. I lost my mind for like a month there, guys. Like I did stupid things and I had to get off of this stuff. And I went to my doctor and then I talked to another um, psychiatrist who actually had like the, the doctor part rather than just like a, a nurse practitioner or whatever. And mm -hmm. they were like, okay, so... Your anxiety is caused by what's going on in your life. We're going to have to work on some coping mechanisms that you can deal with. And they go, the rest of it, I don't see any evidence for it whatsoever. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. Because <laughs> I'm like, this guy put me on this stuff. And I'm like, this is driving me insane. I felt more crazy than I did ever. And now I'm off of all of it. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, life's kind of hard sometimes. But I'm okay now. <laughs> Much better. Um, but all of that to say why should anyone trust us since we've had these experiences with mental health issues um is mental illness a sensitivity for the supernatural or spiritual things like what is how many like like if you if you talked to a someone who is a pure materialist and, and in the atheist sort of way 
um, they would say that the, de the people who had demons and had demons exercised from them in the Bible were schizophrenics. And they just didn't know what to call it at that point. It was a brain malfunction, not a spiritual thing. What do you think is the tie there? Do you think that, like, how, how do we square this circle? How do we make it so that people aren't like, oh, well, yeah, he, he has anxiety, so obviously he's got mental problems, so we can't trust him. What do we do there? Well, this is where the deliverance um, side of the the christian um the christian world i'm going to talk about inner healing for a moment and hopefully not sound paganistic at all when talking about it because the pagans talk about harry potter so go ahead they have taken inner healing and made it their own thing um but the truth is um pretty much it's safe to say for the most part like uh, maybe 98 99 of the time even that mental illness tends to go back to childhood or possibly you were born with it or both. I believe it was both for me. I think it ran in my family and I think some of it, it it's a nurture versus nature thing. And when you see these people, Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to these. And when you see these people go up to a psychologist, especially people with BPD, so, and I'm subject to this, it's happened to me, actually happened to me recently, where the inner child will come out, and it's not that it's the inner child, it's that it's a damaged part of somebody that comes forward <clears throat> and straight up manifests as if it were a demon, but it's not a demon. Yeah, that's great. Very Absolutely. true. And also, I think also looking at it theologically, um, because I think you make a fantastic point. Um, none of the gospel writers, I mean, especially you look at Luke, right? He's a physician. Um, yeah. He is very concise in his Greek wording in these demonic episodes between illness and demonic possession or affliction or suffering. Um, you know, so I, I think that God is not using... <clears throat> perfect people because there are none and i think yeah. you know I, I think after the past three years i would say one in every three americans has some sort of what would qualify as a mental illness um well yeah and even know, if it, they don't even if they don't they're going to be told that they do right but i mean i think I mean, most I, of I us are very high functioning I, I would but, say but i don't want to go too conspiracy but there there right. is there's well, I mean, some big stuff karma, you know but yeah, I, there's we, some we stuff can't we can't because the apostle Paul never demythologized the new Testament. He dealt with demons. He cast them out. There wasn't like this was some psychiatric illness. And Jesus himself when speaking about it is very plain in the difference between illnesses and demonic possession and or oppression. Um, so I think that the, just the witness of the new Testament itself and the early church fathers thereafter, you know, this wasn't just some scientific thing, plus the evidence of anthropological, you know, evidence that every culture and religion has this idea of, yeah. you know, bad juju or demons or jinn, like in Islam, um, you, know, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I think it's, it's, there is a differentiation, but it, mental illness is not a disqualifier, but it often runs in tandem to hide the demonic they know that and they can often use that to their advantage because they're way smarter than people are 
they're the best well, psychologists. They've, they've also, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it's 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 so funny because you know you'll talk to people. Um, so and we're at like 57 minutes, so we'll, we'll shift over into the extended episode in probably the next five minutes. Um, but one of the things that I, I see every now and then, one of the deceptions that I see is, um, reincarnation and past lives, right? Because you have, oh, this kid, you know, he, he, he knew, that he used to be this man named Rodney who who lived a thousand miles away and it was a black man and he knew he knew all this stuff this little white boy knew everything and so they finally found where he lived and he walked into the house and he told the the wife things about her dead husband that no one else knew especially not this 7 year old child or whatever and so that's how i knew there were there were past lives and that this and it's like you don't think that a demon could have been around long enough to have details on Rodney and to say them to this child. Like right. uh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. If you're trying to say, I know that there are past lives and it's not demon stuff because of that makes no sense. They've been well, around also, for thousands man, of years. They, they have nothing but time compared to us. I mean, their time is short, you know, the day yeah. is coming when their time is up, but compared to humans, 70, 80, 90, hundred years, they have nothing but time and compared to us, right. they're very patient. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, they can absolutely know something and feed it down seven generations later to make it distort. And also couple that with a modern American evangelical view that often, I, I hate to say it, but denies resurrection and instead describes it rather as a form of reincarnation uh, because of terrible yeah. biblical teaching. Um, really. Yeah, like because mm-hmm. resurrection is literally the reversal of death, not the, you know, soul transferring to another body yeah, or we're not, state of matter you right, got we're not going it's only resurrection if you were dead and then you're alive again like right. you were definitely dead like jesus but now he's alive right that's resurrection that's not reincarnation but so many i think in the in the modern church and in the western world have equated it with this feel good like i just my soul is just i'm going to be like the spiritual ethereal being that floats through different bodies and <laughs> and that's I, uh, Jessica tweeted the other day something about would the my brain goes to Nephilim, but would the um, Neanderthals or whoever, uh, Cro-Magnon, whatever, have souls? And I'm like, in biblically, yes, because that's the word nefesh, which means throat, which both animals and humans had in the creation story, except for when the King James version came around, they used the word soul, which is an incredibly unhelpful term because you take that word soul and you go, where'd this come from? And you go, Oh, Plato. And the idea of the, the ghost in the shell, whereas we're whole beings, mm-hmm. not two weird parts that are simultaneously living. We're whole beings. Like there's a problem. There's a problem here when it comes to soul in the way people see things and like uh i maybe i'll put it in the notes but i'll put a, a bible project video about the words about soul and nefesh in the in the description because it's like you don't exactly what i thought of that word right you know what i mean yeah. like that we, we we have to re reorientate re we have to reorient ourselves towards the bible towards what is revealed to us rather than what we get from culture right which and it's like back to Augustine, you know, how heavily influenced was he by Plato and all of that. I mean, good Lord, the guy's theology was basically rewriting and baptizing Plato's, you know, and, and Gnosticism stuff and this dual dualism. Um, 
I mean, the guy had some great ideas. Uh, his story's great, but theologically, my goodness, what a train wreck. But for people, <laughs> right? People be people, and then Satan be messing that up. Yep. Yeah. All right. So I, I want to talk more. We've hit we've hit an hour, so I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap up the main show. Anyone who's listening now and wants to catch the extended episode, you can go to patreon.com slash the mad ones and sign up or to rockfin.com slash the mad ones and sign up there. And you can continue this episode and I will bring in any comment I missed in here. Um, anything like that I'll bring in and we'll be able to, to discuss on screen with your, your interaction. Uh, but before we do that, I do want to um, ask you the big question Scott, since it's been a year, almost a year and a half. Well, no, no, almost a year and a half, a year and two months since we last spoke. Um, what is, because you know, you know me, this show's about hope. We want to share hope with people. We want to share, uh, give people a little bit of something to grab onto and to motivate themselves to carry on. And so I like to share a little, little, little silver linings. Um, so what's something right now? That could be directly in your life. It could be uh, local, global, whatever that gives you hope and the motivation to carry on. Yeah, this actually happened last night, and I was kind of stupefied in my when I was teaching our congregation's Bible study. Um, we're watching this series um, called One at a Time, and it's how Jesus kind of, at certain points, kind of went away from the crowd to the, the specific individual, right? And so I have this friend who I went to Bible college with and he fell away and the church was really brutal to him. And there was some serious religious trauma. He became a Muslim cleric. Then he went to paganism. Now he's atheist. Then he went back to Catholicism. Now he's atheist. He was homeless. He's addicted to all these things. And in my mind's eye, uh, last night I was sitting there and the man, my friend came into my brain and he has just moved to Columbus, which is like 90 miles north of me. Um, so closer than like five hours. And literally in my head, I, I can't say it was an audible voice, except that's the best way to describe it was go get my sheep. Yeah. And I want people to know no matter what, even if you are not like believing in God, even if you're in the deepest pits of despair or you are stuck, God is actively like looking for you. God is trying to bring you home. God is trying to get your attention and, that gives me hope because working for a church, I get to see a lot of the crud in people's lives and the terrible things people do. And I mean, we see that anywhere, but God is actively like still where he hasn't abandoned us. He's still saving the world through Jesus Christ, one person yep. at a time. And that's what I get. Hope your listeners will take away from that more than anything. Right. Well, that, and that's what's, that's, what's so cool is, you know, a lot of times what I, what I call it is I understand what you're talking about because um, I have experienced what I call the inaudible but unmistakable voice of God. That's what I call it. That's the way for me to put it. Um, I've had that happen a lot. But what's great about what you just said was it's what uh, the affirmation Jesus gave to Peter after the resurrection. Because mm -hmm. Peter, he, I mean, think about, I'll, I'll do this and then we'll, I'll do the rest of it and we'll go in the extra show. But I, uh, Peter, upon the crucifixion of jesus he's he's sitting outside with the others as they're waiting through this trial as they're waiting to get to the point where jesus will be crucified right 
and uh, Jesus tells him in advance, you know, before the the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And so you have to think about how Peter three times that night denied Jesus, denied that he knew him, denied that he was a disciple, denied the Lord. And then he heard a rooster crow. And you have to think of Pavlov and his dogs, right? Where they you'd ring the bell and you'd you'd be conditioned. And you have to you have to think that ever since that day when Peter denied Jesus three times, that every time he heard a rooster crow, he thought about his denial of Jesus. And you have to imagine the pain that there, that was there, especially when Jesus comes back and he's standing in front of you. And you're the guy who said you're the son of the son of God, you're Messiah. And you you have to hear a rooster crow and go, I denied him. I, I let him die. And then Jesus takes, it's on the beach. Jesus has made breakfast for them. Right. And he goes up to Peter and, uh, you know, Peter asks him, what, what can I do? And this is a paraphrase, so I'm sorry. Just read it later. And you'll, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. But Jesus says, you know, what am I to do? And Jesus says, if you love me, feed my sheep. Mm -hmm. Does he say it once? No. He says it three times. And if you look at that, the fact that it's the morning, it's breakfast time, you know that rooster's about to crow. And you hear Jesus say it three times and deprogram, undo his the denials of Peter for him in that moment. And that's what Jesus said to you. Go get my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. I, I'm sorry. There's something so beautiful about that, that, that parallelism between his failure and what Jesus did to bring him back into the fold and make him not just a sheep but a shepherd who feeds the sheep. And I think that's kind of beautiful. So with that, thank you guys for coming on. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you more in the extended episode, which, like I said, get on that. Patreon.com slash the mad ones. Rockfin.com slash the mad ones. Do it. Let's do this thing. Um, but if you want to follow Scott on Twitter, he's at ScottJohnson015. Um, I think that's still right. Um, and if you I, want I to don't really ever use Twitter, but that's right, yeah. Right. I, I just. Where else would you want them to find you? Is Facebook. Another... <clears throat> you okay. just search Scott Johnson in Middletown, Ohio, on Facebook. <laughs> and then Izzy is at Izzy Centric everywhere. You Pretty much. Him, yeah. You can find him on YouTube. You can find him on TikTok, Instagram, uh, anywhere else. Twitter. Yeah, you're on Twitter as well at Izzy Centric. Yep. So you can find him there. Um, is there anything else you want to share with the 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 class before we we go into the the after? Um, other than my merch is currently twenty percent off. Ooh! And um, it's part of my new New Year's sale to get people rolling in and taking a look at my stuff. Izzycentric.com. Uh, you'll see Izzy's merch at the top. Uh, take a look. See if you. I got stuff like this. I got less controversial stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, I got a, uh, I got a new um, series of uh, shirts and backpacks and stuff called Spooky Tacos, where it's got little aliens next to tacos being abducted, because who doesn't love tacos? It's true. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah, go check it out. 
<laughs> awesome. Okay, so that's all for that. And I'll tell the rest of you my roll call of crap, and then we'll go. Um, so what's coming up next week? We're going to have Warren McGrew, a.k.a. Idol Killer, on to talk about how he was once Calvinist and is no longer because you don't hear a lot of those stories, and I, I think that's interesting to talk about. Um, and then after that, we're going to have Naomi Wright from Be Emboldened on. Uh, her father uh, started his own polygamous cult that she grew up in, and we're going to talk about that and how she got away and what it's like to be a cult, a cult leader's daughter. Um, <laughs> for the rest of the things, like I said, patreon.com slash the mad ones. Uh, you can support me directly there. You can get the extended episodes. If you want a t-shirt or a mug, I don't have anything on sale right now. I try to keep things at a good price, but I'm about to switch everything over. So, you know, do it now before I pull the whole site down and then redo it, uh, which is wearethemadones.com slash store. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at hamcarlos because Elon will not give me my name back yet, and I'm not happy about that whatsoever. Um, <laughs> you got to pay him $8, dollars, bro. Dude, I'm paying him $8 for Ham Carlos. Um, <laughs> but but if, if you're listening and you'd rather watch, don't know why you'd want to do that, but I'd appreciate it if you do. Uh, YouTube.com slash The Mad Ones. We're also on Rockfin. <laughs> I think we're, we are on Rumble. That's an automatic upload after these are done. Um, and then if you'd rather not see my face or ever look at Scott ever again, you can go to... Uh, any podcatcher or we are the mad ones.com and all of those episodes are there for download and for listen right there. That's it. Um, we're about to get into the, the after show. Uh, so dear, dear people of whom watch this show. And I love very dearly uh, you, as always, you have a chance to be a light in the world. So go light it up. <laughs>